Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the Web 12 podcast. My name is Raymond, and I'm here with almost all the hosts. Hello. So we 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 got Hello. Head, we got Headchime, we got Christian, yeah. we got uh, Obiscus, uh, uh, Cal will join. Uh, so yeah, it means that there's something big happening. Because uh, then it, then is when we all converge, and the reason is ITS season 15. Which we're going to talk a whole lot about, about the new missions, about uh, what they did or didn't do, and how it, uh, how it uh, uh, stands with, uh, with the new reinforcements rules. So we have, we have a lot to go over. We do. Um, we're a bit slow on the uptake, though. I think a lot of people have already spoken about it. Yeah, but it's you know, like last year we were we went too early and we, we went we went on the dra- first draft and mm. then uh, we got complaints that uh, we weren't very accurate about it. And I think this is the better choice because we had because then we would have talked about ah they dropped unmasking, but mm. now unmasking is uh, still part of it. That's true. So we're wiser. We've learned something. Yes, actually. yes. These are not fully hot takes. These are lukewarm takes. Absolutely. Yeah. Lukewarm takes. We, we've let other people work out how the rules actually work. So now we can, you know, say things hopefully accurately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I actually how, played how a new mission, so yeah. That's, uh... Oh, have you played, you played beer, beer Pong? Yeah, I, I can't not call it Beer Pong. Yeah. Um, so actually, cool. I have some. So we we start off with a little bit of experience uh, with the new mm. uh, with the new rules. So hopefully we will say more smarter things about mm. it. So yeah, let's let's just go over what 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 do we uh, what do we think of it uh, first glance. Uh, I am lukewarm, mildly positive. Um, yeah. I think it's a decent pack. I think there are some things I don't like, but I do like the new missions. I think they're cool. Um, last year, Ray, I remember we had this exact conversation. We said, you know, maybe next year more specialist missions will, have, will, will come back. Mm-hmm. I don't think that has happened in a massive way, but I think some of the new missions do encourage them. Yeah. And I like that. Um, so I am mildly positive. Yes. Well, I'm also... Uh, well. Yeah, mildly positive, even be very positive, because mm. I thought ITS 14 uh, didn't change that much to mm-hmm. 13. 15 has at least three new missions, um, mm. has this resi- uh, resilience operations, mm. which we aren't clear how they work yet, because we don't know how the new classified deck looks. Yeah, so it's probably worth saying at this point, we yeah. haven't seen the new classified deck. There yeah. is a new mode of play as well yeah. that's coming out, which we haven't seen at all. No. Because yeah, because uh, there's there's just a lot coming, and um, yeah, with the whole reinforcements and how the uh, how that uh, works with the, the current rules, yeah, I think there's a lot of change and uh, uh, to the positive. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually very glad with how this is going. Uh, yeah, there are some things I do and don't like, but yeah, we can over, go over that. But mm-hmm. All in all, I think uh, yeah, this is uh, uh, yeah. I'm very happy that they didn't go as stale as ITS 14 was, uh, mm-hmm. and, and try mm-hmm. uh, uh, more and new things. Yeah, I agree. I, I am looking forward to the uh, the new game mode. I feel like we can get a you can get a an, a gist or idea of what things might be based off of yeah. define all of the different things and say you need to put down these objectives and this beeper like 
all these different th that I feel like you can kind of make speculations about what types of objectives the missions might be. Um, but it seems like it would be interesting. I, I really like the idea of your opponent not knowing what your mission is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we will probably have another episode about when, when the when the deck comes out and we can actually have a bit of context of what resilience operations will uh, will real look like. Yeah, I think if I had to make a guess, it's probably a bit like the Maelstrom cards from 40k. If anyone's played that, you get yeah. the sort of random decks where you have like a random deployment, a random mission. Yeah. I'm guessing, I don't know at all. Really, I heard a few yeah. of the old grumblers saying, well, this is 2020. Uh, mm. uh, uh, yeah, a, a custom-made uh, mission system now being made official in some sense. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think it's a bit less random prob than than the Maelstrom because yeah. it's not changing constantly. It's mm. just pick your missions at the beginning. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I think the big thing for me will be what those the the like the battlefield effects are going to be because mm. those depending on. <laughs> how insane those get it could make some games particularly annoying yeah and based on some of the stuff that they were saying on i don't know if you caught lost lieutenant where heloise came mm. on uh there continues to be the same kind of discussion from cb that they really want people playing with terrain rules so i have a feeling mm. that there's going to be a lot of things dealing with terrain in those but yeah yeah i mean it certainly has been a long term issue that players tend to complain about terrain rules but they are really important to the game they show up time and time again in a lot of the campaign books in a lot of the missions um and yeah. and i think it somewhat goes into explaining some of the um more um irritating pricing models like the very high cost of msv and stuff when you consider that they expect that people play with you know low vis and things like that um Sure. I'm really happy that they now have an example of table loadouts or layouts now, yes. as well as listing approximately how many items of terrain you need, large buildings, small buildings, and medium buildings, as well as scatter. I think that'll help standardize quite a lot across different metas and uh, across tournaments. I think that'll be very useful. I disagree, but I, I, I don't think people are... <laughs> I feel like most established people, like in players, probably won't change how much terrain they're fielding, mm. right? Like, if 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 you were playing with more terrain than the recommended amount, I don't see those groups being like, well, let's reduce the amount of terrain we have. It might mm. bring up people that play very open tables. It might get yeah. them to deploy mm. more tables, but I don't think it's going to reduce everyone's loads. But <laughs> That would be my hope. I, I'm actually really mixed on this. The layouts, as given in the images, I really don't like. I don't think they're very good at all. But the the notes that they've made in the text, I really do like. And I think they're, they're quite wise. Um, for example, it's important to take lines of fire across the edge of the table. Um, that's really important. A lot of people miss this, that you know they'll leave the far left or the far right entirely clear. Um, yeah. So that's a really good tip. Uh, the thing about making uh, tables asymmetrical is also quite important as well. Um, and this idea that, you know, a single sniper or whatever shouldn't be able to dominate a table, like all of these are really, really good tips. I just think that the tables they've shown in the images don't do a particularly good job of doing that, which is quite funny to me. <laughs> I think it's I supposed think to be the bare minimum, right? 
I think it's the bare minimum. I agree. Um, I still think it's better than the last images they had in the N4 rulebook. And I also like the fact that they have a section on thematic tables now as well. I'm not sure if that was in the last um, ITS, but I think it, it it's nice to have that this you can use terrain as a to storytelling mechanism. You know, um, tell a story as part of it and give some troopers like MSV troopers an advantage with something or or something mm -hmm. other. Uh, it's, oh, it's, actually, it's, it's I as as a as a TO, uh, um, it's 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 something that gives a real headache uh, for organizers to get the right amount of terrain uh, yeah. for your events and to get complaints from people like it's too open it's too closed yeah. there's mm. always someone something about uh yeah well it's well it's a real hassle to fill up tables because yeah mm. in, in, instead of other games that i know this is just a lot of terrain that you have to bring mm. uh and just always happy that people bring it and just mm. to have a start to have a inkling on how much you need um uh really yeah it, it it gives it gives you a way as a to to say well i've i followed these uh yeah. these ways of, of going at it um so um i i i i'm i can be happy about the mm -hmm. amount that i can bring uh and that all tables are filled to a standard that it should be uh good for anybody and if there yeah. are groups that want to play with more have at it hoss but uh, I've I've been to a to a, a French the in Lyon and they had to pack up like thirty tables and had a lot mm -hmm. uh, had, had a hard time of filling them all up. Uh, once you get to that level, um, so it's good to know that at least uh, that you're you're good with this amount. Mm. I think even for starting a conversation about tables yeah. or continuing it to this yeah. uh, degree of. Um, this this degree of information is really important. Like, yeah. you're absolutely right, Ray. Tables are a nightmare. You know from running IGL, oh, we get complaints yeah. absolutely every season about tables too open, too closed, whatever. That's not important in itself. But what is important is just to say that there is an ongoing discussion about tables, and it is good that CB is giving some guidance. Yeah. I also really like the explicit um, mention they've given to placing objectives on top of scenery. Yeah. Um, it's long been assumed you can do it because most of the time it said it just needs to be accessible. There have been some arguments about this, but you know, it now explicitly says like you can put terrain, uh, sorry, you can put objectives on top of scenery. And this is why you might consider taking movement skills. And that's a good thing to have in writing. Yeah. Yeah. The only downside is, is that I don't feel cheeky anymore when I do it. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a specialty. Oh, I put my, ter I put it on terrain. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not that so special, right? But, um, <laughs> no. hmm. Yeah. Should we talk about the universal rules that we've got then? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Civivac and the Casivac, those things didn't change that all, all that much. Mm. Uh, also, the scoring has been the same still. Mm -hmm. Uh, from a newer format that they tried out a few years, which I think actually uh, worked well. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, so the first part, the, the explanation didn't change that much, the extra rules. So the, the long server state? Yeah, that's fine staying. Yeah. I do half wish that they do with long server, they, they do with long service what they did with motorcycles, bikes, whatever, and they just add it to the core rules. I mean, how long have we had long service now? Quite a few years. 
Yeah. Um, ever since N4, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, N3. Uh, N3 had it a bit, I think. There was at least, there was at least, I'd say, two seasons of N3. Mm. Like, it's... I don't remember. It's just assumed in my mind that it's going to be there. Yeah, I just wonder if now it's time to actually put that into the rules instead of having it as an ITS um, consideration like they did with motorcycles. It's okay. I like it, so it's fine. Arguably, the the only difference, I guess, is it only is something that matters for ITS. Right? Like, outside of ITS, it doesn't matter. Whereas life change matters for people not playing ITS. Well, more specifically, actually, it only matters for classifieds, yeah. I think. Only really. yeah. deck, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, are there no... Wouldn't it also uh, matter in Lost of Lieutenant? No, because they don't have the veteran rule. They are just veteran, veteran troops, which, which is very confusing. Which is something I wish they'd also get rid of. Just Yeah, they need to rename that, don't they? Rename one of the two, just because like, that, that, that conversation comes up all the time. Uh, this person's veteran, but not veteran. Um, yeah, O12, prestige. That's a, yeah, using a one command token once per game round as an uh, as an order. Just a regular order. This this makes my Ariadne heart happy. Because <laughs> I'm always using my command tokens to change irregular orders into regular. And now I just go straight to the source. It definitely makes anyone with plus command tokens also happy. Uh, yeah. I, I don't is at first when I first read the rule, I assumed it had to be done at the beginning of the, like a beginning of your turn, but because if I'm correct, it's tactical use of command token, which means yeah. it can be used just at any time, the same way you would, uh, like changing in a regular order. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know how I, overall if I feel this is a necessary rule, but I, th- it feels like a continuation of the trend of slowly trickling back giving extra orders here and there you know they put the 15 model cap and then every it seems like every so often okay but let's see if we give you an extra order in this mission or give you the ability to get a couple extra orders here or there uh to bring them back up to you know more than just you have 15 orders so it's interesting avatar effectively brings 14 orders is for four orders his first round so that's fun you can't just extra token and lieutenant order five i think two lieutenant orders um plus sorry you're right uh, five which is yeah that's a thing this is this is the rule that i don't like i don't think it's necessary i really liked early n4 where there was a bit less of this um my controversial opinion of the day here we go is that yeah um I think Infinity is a, actually a more fun game played at lower points levels with fewer troops and fewer orders because I've been playing a lot of sort of smaller games with fewer troop slots and things. And there's this sort of idea now sometimes that people are playing these 10 troop groups um, that might be generating sort of 13, 14, 15 orders. And I just don't really like it. It feels a lot like N3 just with more heavy infantry um, and... I would kind of like to, I don't know. I would, I would kind of like to there, to. I would like there to be more of a bottleneck in orders um, again. So I'm not a massive fan of this one. I agree to the for the most part, but I think in the context of some, especially some of the newer missions, mm. uh, 
there seems to be an increasing number of like very order intensive missions mm. that uh, that it almost feels like if you don't have a lot of orders like it's you're not getting anywhere uh, yeah yeah certainly mm. uh, i think it's 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 bad for regular and good for reinforcements mm, that's I agree that's with that. yeah yeah that's interesting because it's bad for regular because yeah we have we have talked about the alpha strike and i'm uh, yeah, yeah and this is just one more order on the alpha strike pile but once you go into reinforcements and you only have yeah uh at most that's group interesting because you can orders. use this on enforcement yeah. group yeah 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 and and in that way that group is already five orders maybe six if you put in your comm link dude and an nco and what mm. else but this is another order that you can give Mm. Uh, I think when Takamoto's were still in, uh, Nomads were building reinforcement groups with like eight or nine orders, which is disgusting. Let's pour um, one out for the Tachimoto. Uh... No, I won't. I won't at all. <laughs> like, I'm a Hacker's Lamp player and I, I got almost the, the most benefit from it because I could link my, my remotes and I still don't miss it. Like, I... I, I was running my robot Okos and I, I, I'm glad it's gone because it was just unnecessary extra orders. It, I felt put pressure on to bring sensor bots even when maybe it wasn't what you really wanted. Yeah. It was more efficient. And also it really hurt for, you know, Shaz and Ariadna. Everyone mm. now had sensor. I, I met when, yeah. missed when most people forgot to bring sensor and then we're like, oh shit, all this came up. Yeah, and not like yeah. When we had last time, we had the bikes, of course, and they got their rules changed. But it doesn't look like they're gonna change the Okos to give them tactical awareness. Uh, we don't really know. The bike, the bike change didn't come in for like a month after ITS dropped. It wasn't. No, to me. it didn't. So who knows? I, I, I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't want Pywell to have tactical awareness, people. I <laughs> know. And marksmanship. Oh my all. Oh. <laughs> I would not mind if they gave all of the 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 true sensor bots, mm. like not not the people like Highwell that oh coincidentally happened to have the right combination of skills to get it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind if they gave them back the ECM minus three because that feels like it fits kind of the, their role, and it's not a huge change, but I actually mm. really like that because I use my sensor bots to extend my repeater net, and having mm. the ECM is actually quite nice. Mm-hmm. And, Usually, mm-hmm. very much underrated. So, I think giving them either tactical awareness or marksmanship would also be pretty nice, as well as keeping mm. the minus three, just as a nice middle ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, they changed the points of bikes when when they got their minus three uh, mimetism and the choice. Well, well, they went up what? one point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a change. It's a change. Yeah. They actually went up one point or dropped a bunch of points. Yeah, depending on what they had. It's just it's like bizarre. They just went down points oh. and game. Don't get me wrong. I I I think the bike changes were really good. I so yeah, I am not against that. But uh, yeah, orders. Oto for siege. I don't know if it was necessary, but the mm. people will use it. I already had a ITS fifteen tournament and used it multiple times i think every game so yeah yeah i've played some uh its 15 missions and you just use it every turn because it's another order yeah 
So, so when would you not want to use it? That's that's my question. Because it seems like, looking at it, it looks like I'd want to use this every single turn. So yeah. what I did in one of my games was don't be... Well, I, I, we were playing it I because we misunderstood that it could be anywhere in a turn. So I just used it you know, every turn. And there was one time I had to heal my tag, my, my Zeta, mm-hmm. and was like, oh, shoot. I didn't need that extra order. I just reflexively spent it and uh, now I rolled a twenty to fix my uh, my Zeta and blew it up. So, yeah. you know, there are times that you want to save a command token to reform a fire team, or yeah. if you think a core order is going to be more valuable. Like, there are times that that extra order isn't super valuable. In some ways, the way I was playing it incorrectly, I think, made it. That there was probably more times you wouldn't use it because you would ha- if you had had to think about it ahead of time. But now that it's since it's actually, you know, eh, just do it now. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be very often. I, I think you'll often use it unless you have a specific reason to need to save a command token. Yeah, it, uh, it looks like yeah. If you got fire teams going on, yeah, then you probably want to keep a few uh, uh, in the reserve. So it's probably easier for vanilla use. On the other hand. Is a coordinated order pro- more efficient than just yeah. going so for one? I agree with this sentiment, right? I think a lot of people have been arguing about whether this is has more impact on sectorials or vanilla factions in terms of the pressure it puts on on command tokens. And I think whilst you often want spare command tokens in sectorials in order to reform your fire teams, whenever I play a vanilla, I always want spare command tokens to do coordinated orders. And I've I've actually been known to spend all of my four or five command tokens on the first turn in Hackers where I'm just doing like multiple coordinated orders. Yeah. Um, Particularly on a mission like Biotech 4, because as we all know, that's one of the things you do. so yeah, it's, yeah, if, yeah. If, you calculated, if I'm calculating it roughly, either you use it as an order or use yeah. it as a coordinate order. In that case, you have to spend another order. So it's two yeah. orders to move four guys. Um, I don't unless know. I'm you, not unless very you, good at maths unless, on a second. Unless, like say, if you won't use the command order, if you see that command order as a regular order, then it's mm. two orders to move four guys. Uh, once. Yeah. yeah. One of the interesting things about this is that I think an extra order with no um, with no other stipulations or caveats, like advantages attacking, whereas a coordinated order doesn't advantage attacking to the same extent because of the half-burst rule and yeah, the burst yeah, one yeah. thing. So I tend to use command tokens when uh, in coordinated orders for mobility it's yeah. to move multiple troops and yeah. sometimes it's to take cheeky shots at aro pieces but yeah. more often it's for movement whereas just having an order in and of itself like I, i'm probably going to put that on a tag or something because i'm just going to shoot you a bunch more that's how i'm thinking about it this is more likely to be aggressive i think yeah well, um i used it at least that i was with beer pong i was I was, I was trying to push a button and it w- wouldn't do, so I, w- I, w- mm. oh, I can yeah, spend another command token to, to at least get that button and run away. Yeah. As a relatively new player, I find myself at the end of my turn running low on orders because I mismanaged mm. my points. <laughs> so I, I don't think I'll be using it as aggressively 
Um, I think <laughs> I'll just have it as a repositioning tool in my back pocket. Like uh, if someone's in a really, if a fire team's in a really poor position to end my turn, I'll just be like, oh shit, okay, uh, let me reposition yeah. here over here. Yeah, makes. Sense. I mean, there are a bunch of uses for it, aren't there? Um, yeah. Could even One thing use is going it to suppress, couldn't you? Wouldn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Or, or when you're going first, it's kind of like having counterintelligence. You can just say, okay, cool. You strip two from this group. I'll throw <laughs> one back one into that. <laughs> if you have counterintelligence, it's just two. You know, I'm back up to you. Know, I'm back up to my full ten order group. Yeah, and that's the exact thing that I'm a little less keen on. Um, it's it's that exact interaction. Um, yeah. How do we feel about border skirmishes? The AD troop rule. Um, I think it would be a reason to bring an AD trooper mm -hmm. in these kind of missions. Because maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's have it in front of them. Can we read it out? Yeah. Yeah. So once per game, you can deploy a troop that possesses one of the airborne deployment special skills, so like parachute, combat jump, etc., um, inside an exclusion zone. Um, if it's combat jump, I think it has to touch the edge of the exclusion zone. If it's parachutist, it just comes on the edge of the board. Um, so, And you don't need to roll. If it's combat jump, you don't need to roll. It just comes on the edge, touching the exclusion zone. Um, so it gives you... Um, well, first of all, you get to actually put those troops in the middle of the board on yeah. missions that have an exclusion zone. That's really cool. Um, and secondly, it gives your combat jumpers um, that sort of a little bit more sort of flexibility without having to roll, essentially. Um, I think it's cool, and I like it. I think I can, you could make handy use of it in, uh, in certain missions, like unmasking. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, rescue um, mm. where you have to get it to the middle, your infiltrators can't. So uh, it will probably make my choice for like, nor like with a normal list with no exclusion zone. I will bring a infiltrator, but I would once I go uh, 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 with these missions, I will probably uh, swap out the infiltrator for uh, for for a combat jumper or ID mm. jumper specialist. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. As, as someone that plays yeah. factions with low fizz combat jumpers, I like it. I kind of wish that it did something in non-exclusion zone missions, like mm. if it would let a combat jumper drop in, you know, say maybe maybe just say within eight inches of the center without a roll or something, because there aren't that many missions with exclusion zones. Uh, that's a really interesting point. I haven't counted how many exclusion zone missions there are. There are six with exclusion zones. Oh, that, thank you. Thank you for the answer. Uh, B-Pong has one. Countermeasures has one. Yeah. Uh, evacuation, Frostbite, Last Launch, and the Armory. So that's six out of 20. Yeah. Well, if you, if you are an uh, invincible army and you have uh, your heavy infantry... Uh, Drop trooper, and you go uh, second turn on uh, second uh, on on frostbite. It's very handy to move in the guy mm. <laughs> on the last moment to at least score that zone. So just so I understand, in normal exclusion zones, you're not able to deploy any airborne deployment, but with this rule, mm -hmm. you're allowed to deploy once per game. Yeah, that's right? correct, and okay. it still has to touch the edge of the exclusion zone. Yeah, and. But is parachute is covered by airborne deployment? 
It is a type of airborne deployment, yes. Okay, so combat jump and parachutist, is there anything else other than those two? No, there used to be, but I think it's only those two now in this edition. Okay, so would the parachutist be overruled? So are you able to drop in the middle of the exclusion zone on the edge, or do you have to be on the table edge? I believe you still have to be on the table edge, but I can find the full text for the rule for you. One second. Sorry, I'm going to click around, so you're going to get some mouse sounds. Um, where are the rules? Quickly. Oh, here we go. Once per game, each player can deploy a trooper possessing a special skill with the airborne deployment label, so that, that is parachutist or combat jump, inside any exclusion zone. If the trooper is using combat jump, no fizz roll is required, but they must deploy in silhouette contact with the edge of the exclusion zone. So uh, I think parachutists can just come on inside the exclusion zone, but must still touch the edge because that's what parachutist says. Uh, combat jump can do the same thing, but it has to touch the edge of the exclusion zone um, okay. itself. Thanks for the clarification. That's yeah, fine. Mm. Now, interestingly, the way that's worded, it sounds like they are still deploying using their skill. So like they a combat <clears throat> which means something like a Lujing or a Tar or whatever the Morat one or the mm. Kaskuka can get a guaranteed explosion hit. Yeah, yeah. If if a troop just happens to be on the edge of the exclusion zone, you could drop for with a guaranteed hit on that troop. Um I am assuming, I mean, I'm going to show my ignorance here, but I'm assuming when they say the edge of the exclusion zone, they mean the two sides of the table, the left and right, and then they mean the exclusion zone edge nearest to your deployment and nearest to the enemy's deployment. So four edges. I don't think they just mean the ones that's what nearest I, deployment that's zones. That's also how I understand it. Yeah, so four, all, all four edges. It does con uh, coincidentally mean that you can drop a troop basically on the edge of your opponent's deployment zone because it doesn't have to be completely inside the exclusion zone. It just needs to touch the edge. So you can have it touching the edge <laughs> but still be closer to the DZ. Does that make sense? On the other side of the edge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes the Cascuda like, terrifying. This is, this it, is the year of the Cascuda, huh? Well, in six missions out of 20. In yes. six missions out of 20. Yeah. Still good odds, good odds. <laughs> but um, it at least makes it so that if there was a tournament that had some missions with exclusion zones, you could have very comfortably a Cascuda or any other combat jumper in your list mm -hmm. and not have to worry about that. Cause... Yeah, and I think that's inherently interesting because there's a lot of grumbling within the competitive communities and they're about um, variants and having to roll dice for things and roll grumble grumble why would I ever combat jump etc but you know this is his here's another way of doing things so give it a go and then um, complain next year because you know how it works um, I'm I'm a bit jaded by people complaining about everything all the time yeah because you mostly get all those complaints. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, just, just play the role and see how it works. <laughs> Leave Hedgeheim alone. <laughs> yeah. um, so just a quick thing. I, I have a thing in 15 minutes, so would you mind if we kind of went on to the missions a bit? Is that all right? And yeah. then maybe with the magic of editing, you could sort of go 
if you wanted to have further discussion when I'm gone, you could sort of slot it in at an earlier point. Does that make sense? Yes, let's go to the missions, because uh, that's probably also the most exciting part. It is. So we've got um, three new missions. That's Bipong, um, Evacuation, and Last Launch. Um, and I think we've lost two missions. I haven't done a full count, but I, I think we've lost Cryogenics, and I think we've lost Rescue. Um, I might be we missing some. We also lost uh, Quadrant Control. Okay, right. That's fine. Which is actually good, because Quadrant Control is probably not that fun in reinforcements. Yeah, but we still have Supremacy, which is yeah. Quadrant uh, Control. I, I think Frontline front is the worst for because right? At least Supremacy and Quadrant Control were end-of-turn score. Yeah. The, the worst is the end of the game, isn't it? Where you just can't do anything. Um, I'm just glad QC's gone. Well, I thought Quadrant Control was a fun mission. Also, now we only have one Quadrant Control, like only one zone control mission. Yeah. Quadrant. Yeah. We still have Frontline, I guess, as well. We've got Frontline, which is sort of um, length, widthways across, isn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you are a, a TO or Warcore and you're organizing an, a reinforcements event and you're putting in Frontline, you're doing it wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, IGL's been testing reinforcements, haven't we? And we've had a couple of problems with missions. Um, we've just finished our highly classified round, and there are a lot of unhappy people about that because you can just land your reinforcements next to the enemy HVT and just do all of your cards, and they can't stop you. Because um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't ARO the reinforcements when they land, yeah. so you just land next to the HVT with your hacker, and you go, okay, I win. But, you know... <laughs> um, so we, yeah I think there yeah. are a lot of missions in the pack that are a little bit miserable with reinforcements more specifically I should say with people that land their reinforcements second because yeah. they, they can't be opposed they just get to put them down and that's it yeah that's that's also my uh, my thing that I, that I find bad about this new ITS 15 uh, is that yeah. the new missions uh, I think they're solid at least I played Bipong and it's solid with reinforcements. It, it works. Yeah. You, you, you keep the game going because uh, that's that's what you want from reinforcements. Even if you go, if if it go, all goes to sh to shite, you at mm -hmm. least uh, get a hundred points back in on an in on an earlier turn to at least bring yourself into the game. But yeah. currently, with, yeah, I was hoping that more of the missions would be more tweaked towards the reinforcements. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think. I, it's not very often that I do, you know, properly criticize CB, but I will on this. I think yeah. they have invested a lot of time, money, and effort into releasing reinforcement packs for yeah. every faction. I think that is a really bold move because the ITS packet of missions does not, you know, properly cater um, a lot of missions towards reinforcements, yeah. and I think that's a misplay. Um, and we have a lot of problems with reinforcements because we've been testing it for about a month or no, a bit longer, a bit less, I think, about a month. Maybe, maybe it's really reinforcements will work best with that new game mode, like the, the card. Mm. Maybe that's a piece of the reinforcement puzzle that we're missing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And we must also say some missions do work fine with yeah. reinforcements. You know, things like supplies and unmasking and stuff, they're fine. They're all right. But others are just horrible. Yeah. Can I come out with a lukewarm take? Not a. Go, not go a ahead. Yeah, go but ahead. the uh, reinforcement troops will eventually get released into all of the uh, sectorials, mm. and they're most likely, 
hopefully intended as kind of the next pack step up from the code one start collecting. They're kind of intended as the next progression from the core box of the faction so that no. each of the factions has these troops um, mm. or each of the sectorials has access to these troops. Yeah, well, I mean, it would certainly make more business sense, wouldn't it? Um, and so this, um, these reinforcements is intended as a new game mode, and they thought that they'd combine these uh, two birds with one stone, right? Test out the new game mode and create these new packs that they can release to each of the uh, factions and sectorials. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do know that the original expectation was for people to be able to play reinforcements versus non-reinforcements, but that didn't end up happening. So... Um, that might explain some of the kerfuffle about it being just an extra. Um, that has a bunch of support, but is nevertheless just an ITS extra. Um, because we're running out of time, I, and I'm going to shoot off in a bit, I just want to quickly say I do really like all of the new missions. Um, Ray and I spoke about wanting to see more specialist heavy missions. I think yeah. B-Pong is one of them. Um, the others look interesting. I believe last launch is similar-ish to an old mission in one of the campaign books, but I can't quite remember because my memory doesn't go back seven years. Mm -hmm. um, but I like them. I think I think some of them can be played in interesting ways, and they do seem to encourage more specialists, so I, I, I like that. Um, and, yeah, they're just sort of praised from me. We'll see if I'm as optimistic in six months' time, but for now, first read. Um, yeah, it seems good. I don't know if I'm reading it wrong as in, uh, with evacuation, but uh, uh, I really like it that it's, uh, yeah, they, they, they took away rescue, but at least they kept one mission in where you need a lot of HVTs uh, to make it work. Uh, so uh, with, the, with these five civilians and then your own uh, HVT, so uh, in the end there are like nine uh models on the board uh i don't know how many dire foes packs there are but you can bring all of those uh hvts to the table um, just just a clarification you, you press the button on the edge of your deployment zone and you get to extract a civilian or an hvt yeah, i am assuming you but, get to press it multiple times yeah but it's, it says with the specialist troop from yes. the game table so I'm, sure. I'm guessing, are you launching your specialist in space as well, or is he staying on the board? Yes. Well, no. so in in in, in evacuation, you the model that's pressing the button stays. They then you remove the HVT that they have civivac. Ah. I also believe, if I remember correctly from the rules, it does it doesn't say you need to use the one touching your deployment zone. It says, you I believe. Either. I believe the rulings. The rule says like an evacuation console. Okay. That means you could actually use either evacuation console. Sure, but I'm just thinking there are there are nine neutral or friendly HVTs or whatever, and there are two buttons. So I am assuming you can press each one multiple times. Otherwise, yeah. the mission doesn't make yeah. sense. The, the mission doesn't work if you have to. Yeah, right, right. Points. Yeah, okay. Because realistically, getting to ten points in this mission is nearly oh. impossible. On first read, I'm I'm really not sure if the specialist goes with the HVT or not, but I've only gone through it sort of once or twice now. I, I don't know. I can't make sense of it. It doesn't say anything about remove. The only thing it says is remove mm. the civilian. It doesn't say anything about removing the specialist. At the says, last part of the sentence, it says, uh, when activating an extraction console, the player remove one of the Civivac civilian or HVT with the specialist troop from the game table, and this one is considered extracted. It doesn't say yeah. both, both are considered extracted. 
yeah, it says with the with the specialist troop from yeah. the game table. This one is. Does it mean that they're both removed, but only the civilian counts as extracted? Or I don't know. I'm I not. I'm not here to do grammar. Um, yeah, I was. Like, I was. I was wondering a lot because I was like, "All right, you're launching your specialist as well. So how many specialists do you need to bring to at least get the full amount of points?" Or yeah, is it yeah. just the, the the HPT that was was with the uh, specialist mm. troop that is launched? Yeah. But think yeah. about B-Pong as well, right? Each specialist can only move the thing once per round or turn or something like that. So, again, this is another mission where you probably want multiple specialists. Yeah, for sure. Because then you can sort of uh, almost pass the tracking beacon along. So maybe the point of B-Pong and evacuation is to force you to take a lot of specialists. I, I don't know. Um, I can't read CB's mind, but maybe. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that I need a bit of a clarification on. But other than that, uh, I think in both cases it would work for, uh, work uh, work fine. I think it's so. Are we, are we ready to play against some anathematics, guys? Are we are we all in for this? <laughs> yeah, they're 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 pretty good at this. <laughs> yeah. So so rereading the extraction thing, like grammatically, I think it, it seems like it's saying. You're removing one of the civilians that's with yeah. the the specialist, not and yeah. the specialist. Yeah. It's just me and uh, and and uh, yeah, English being my second language. Mm. Even English being my first language, I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm reasonably clear what this does, but not a hundred percent clear. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to assume because I I just don't feel comfortable assuming. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, you've had yes, my thoughts. Do you, do you want to get rid of me? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I think if, uh, yeah, Bipong is a good, yeah, heavy specialist mission, has mm. a lot of uh, scores per round, which I really mm -hmm. enjoy. That the end of game is, um, yeah, it's too much um, represented, I think, especially with reinforcements, it's not that handy. And now you can, yeah, you have to start scoring from the beginning or else you're. Uh, mm -hmm. You're, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, your opponent probably will kick the ball just what I had with my game, just kicks the ball like yeah. two inches into your, your zone and voila, you're losing points and he's gaining yeah. them. Um, evacuation is a good one because, you, yeah, you, yeah, you score whenever you, yeah, you, you, you pocket your scoring. You, uh, like if you extract it, yeah, yeah, it's yours. It will not be taken away. So you can mm -hmm. score it at any Technically, at any uh, any uh, at any uh, any turn, but yeah, mm -hmm. you have to be yeah. You're in a race with your opponent who is also uh, extracting units, so best to be mm. uh, best to be start going at it uh, from the from the first turn to uh, yeah extract stuff. I imagine bike specialists are really good. I mean, bike specialists always have been good in yeah. things like rescue, anyway, haven't they? But um, in this kind of thing. It's really good. Um, anyway, wow. as as I said, um, I should I should probably head off. But you've you've had my hot take, so do with that what you will. <laughs> um, and thanks so much. And I will see you all later. Have you guys had the experience with Last Launch? I haven't had a chance to play it yet. No. Yeah. But it, it looks really I... nice. It looks like one of those ma uh, missions where you have to go and touch multiple different consoles and interact a lot with the map. And I generally like those types of missions. I, I like that it adds in, it has an interesting, yeah, there's an interesting piece of strategy or like decision making you have mm -hmm. to make of, do you want to extract people? 
You need to get people off. Yeah. But you also need to have people on the board to make sure your opponent doesn't get people off. But also, you need to take, there's a point for securing the launch room at yeah. the end of the game. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, I guess, balancing act that I think some armies will definitely do better than others. But um, it's interesting. It's also, I think, this is a mission I think this awful with reinforcements because extracted models count as still being alive. So it's, <laughs> you start extracting too many people and your reinforcements won't come in until the very end. <laughs> you, you you must have at least a, a hundred points on the table that should be killed <laughs> to at least get your reinforcements on the table we, we're not there to reinforce we we've done the mission yeah one one thing i do like about this mission is because of kind of how it works it, it really discourages dull deployment if you don't put things up to prevent your opponent from just you know, grabbing a ton of ID cards, yeah. you're going to have a really hard time. Right? right? Like, if, if, if my opponent deploys against me and they just say, okay, you're going first, I'm just going to hide everything, I'm just going to dart got, dart different groups of guys up to those ID channers and start handing them out like candy. Just being like, okay, one for you, okay, take it from <laughs> me, one for you, take it from me, one for you, okay, take it from me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so doing that, I think, is a big risk. Because then also the fact that you don't need to be alive when you launch yourself into space. Like, if, all you need to do is run and press that button. If you get knocked out as you press the button, it's fine because your body got catapulted off planet or something. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a fun way. And also, yeah, you, yeah, you need to bring enough specialists to get yourself ideas. But, ideas, but it also gets you points if you kill more specialists. Um, and this is just... so, do we want to go? Do we want to discuss the uh, the other additional things that we're adding and changes? The QAZ yeah. creatures and the QAZ zones. Yeah. Yeah. One thing uh, before we move on. One thing I wanted to say about um, last launch is that it's a it's very similar to Panic Room in that it's uh, the map or the rules encourage you to go into the middle of the zone. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit softer because you don't have the biotech for area but it still encourages you to go into the middle and, and duke it out there yeah but instead of you trying to defend the the the, the you, you're trying to get away <laughs> Which, yeah. and defend yeah and defend because you yeah you also want that one point uh for defending it there's someone who needs to stay behind at least <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's just three cool additions and it's also nice that it's Brought in by the community, uh, I think. Yeah, most of the I think most of the uh, uh, ITS missions that are where the missions are brought in by by Warcourse or by these competitions have been great. So uh, it's a good way to get good uh, new uh, new things added. Oh yeah, cryogenics. That's that's the one that yeah I probably would have liked that it would stay because. Yeah, it wasn't an easy mission to get into. Like, how do I score? Um, we finally understand it. So now we wanted to keep yeah, it. Yeah, we understand it now. We've learned. Now I want to keep it. <laughs> oh, you can use Civivac to move the HPTs around after they're extracted? Oh, that makes the quadrant control portion a lot more fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it, it could use a little bit of tweaking, but to ditch it altogether... Uh, 
I don't know. There, there are other missions in this pack that I would rather have seen gone instead of cryogenics. So we're still missing to talk about the QAZ creatures yeah. and the quantum anomaly zones, correct? Anything else that we're missing? That will be a, be a thing. So let's let's start off with the extras, then go back into the new rules for the older missions, and then go over the older missions that are that we already know, but what they would mean in this new with the reinforcements and stuff. So yeah, um, the extras, um, yeah, the, 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 the big thing is the reinforcements uh, coming uh, in, uh, resilience, op re resilience operations, which we still have to wait what it will be. And yeah, just the yeah, funny thing is that they put in mercenary contractors. So all those Sekdads and Bashi Bazooks and motorized bounty hunters that we got uh, with a few missions for free, now it's its own little rule, um, which I think is pretty nice because I don't know about you guys, but every mission I have to check, do I get a Sekdad or not? Do, did I get a Bashi Bazook in this mission or not? I was always looking up if I get them or won't get them, and I have to put them in my lists for... Uh, to to be sure that once I get them that they're actually on paper, uh, but now it's like uh, either we use them or we don't, and they're part of all the missions or none of them. So they got a better place for them at least in this. It's with the, interesting. With the so, yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I I don't know how much it will get used. Like it's kind of nice to be able to, um, be like cool. This tournament, everyone you get to choose to have one of these and it is nice that it's a choice too, right? Like yeah. some armies might prefer a sec debt because they can join fire teams. Other ones might, you know, I think the bike will be highly valuable because you know, yeah. bikes are really good. Um, other people, you know, my Caledonians don't have drop troops. It would be really nice to just get a free drop troop, especially yeah. now that, you know, if you don't get bashies normally, now your bashie can just jump in, in that exclusion zone, you know? <laughs> For those yeah. exclusions of missions, yeah, so, I, I think it's an interesting extra. I don't know how much it'll be played. It'll, I, I think it's a less impactful one that I think will be easier for two TOs to bring in without upsetting people. Um, you know, locally we had a season where one of our TOs played Soldiers of Fortune every single tournament. I loved it. Some people weren't as big of a fan of it, and Soldier Fortune is you know when you bring in different troops, but. You know, the balance can be a bit more thrown off there. This, I think, seems like a nice, you know, less extreme version. I can see this one being, the mercenary contractors being pretty interesting if you didn't have to lock in which one you wanted to take. And you could uh, choose that at the table when you're rolling lieutenant rolls. If, you know, you wanted to take the ITS, if you wanted to take the CSU or the Bashi Bazook or the motorized bounty hunter dependent on your table and your opponent. That could be an interesting way of doing it, I think. Yeah, that would be a cool... I agree. That, like a little sideboard, essentially, of... Yeah. You know, before the mission, when you choose your list for that mission, decide which of the uh, profiles and which of the three models you bring in. Yeah. I think it, because it's an extra, I think it'd be easy for a TO to say, that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. So I think I think that would definitely be a more interesting way to do it rather than... Yeah, you know, when you build your list, do this. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's it's good from a perspective of a collector who, yeah, maybe didn't have a Basi Bazook before, found out he had needed a Basi Bazook for a year of ITS, and now yeah, painted and has a model 
but doesn't play Hakislam and the season is over and you don't need that unit anymore. In this case, it's still, uh, it's still, yeah, you can go to an event where you still need these models. So you don't, yeah, you don't own them for just for a year. You, now it's, now it's part of the ITS for, for longer years. But yeah, still Soldier Fortune is here. Escalation tournament. Uh, yeah, you can go from 100 to, uh, to, to higher. This is nice. Free game. If you hate those 15 trooper army lists, well, you can go uh, go uh, buck wild and get the entry feeling of a lot of uh, <laughs> the, the Lamis, which I faced once. Uh, someone went all out on the Lamis. Uh, good, good, good times. Um, uh, CQB is still here. Um, last year I have lamented that it was a, a, a rule I thought... Uh, shouldn't be there because um, yeah with this one yeah anything going over thir 32 inches is an automatic failure uh, but I found myself finding an argument why it should be a possibility and that's when you don't have that much terrain to put on all your tables and you, you're ending up with very long long fire lanes or scars uh, and you don't want that the sniper would own everything uh, uh, from that one vantage point that sees everything on the table. Well, you put CQB on and now you have to get closer before you can shoot each other. So this is what this is the one for when you don't have that much terrain and you still want to get and you still want to organize a tournament. How would you feel about having this as a, an option like a rule for a thematic table at a tournament if you had one that was for example supposed to be sewers or a spaceship interior and the whole table had this so it was a uh, random at a tournament if you showed up to this tournament and you got assigned to this table and this table had that special rule oh i would be fine that? with that yeah but i think i i like that idea, yeah. and i like that you could use that like let's say i'm making a table and, you know, because of the nature of the table, there's going to be a few points that might, you know, a few extra long fire lanes that I don't want to be that long. Be able to just, if you wanted to just say, no, no, this, because, you know, there's gases in the air, so, you know, you can't shoot more than 32 or the light's dark yeah. or something. I think that's a cool way of making some tables more playable. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm not a huge fan of this still. I, it, it essentially turns off sniper rifles, yeah. right? The whole value of a sniper rifle is shooting beyond that range. Uh, it makes missiles even worse in my mind because I already don't like missiles because they have that zero starting at 24 inches and down. Mm -hmm. um, now their positive band is just 24 to 32, which is just really small. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a, a weird rule. But yeah, like I said, there is an argument for it and it's... Yeah, probably the only one. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, yeah. There's still the option to take uh, spec ops, which is pretty neat. Uh, reinforced command for to get to ease in people from code one easier into a regular uh, game because yeah, you do not apply loss of lieutenant. Um, and yeah, they made direct action an extra. Like last one, you had just had direct action as a few missions but now it's like an add-on so you can really signal to your your players like oh we're gonna have this um 
beginner-friendly tournament where with this set of uh, five scenarios, no classified deck or HTT models. Because um, that's the only reason I should think that they put this in. Like you can flag like, okay, this is direct action. Because yeah, what, what stops you from just putting direct action missions in your regular uh, run-of-the-mill uh, tournament uh, or use a mission from, from that list? So it's a bit... Uh... Yeah, I'm glad that they listened to the community and made direct action five missions yeah. instead of the four slash year. Like, you know, they did it by just moving Annihilation, the main group, to direct <laughs> action. But I, I think that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Annihilation belonged with direct action because yeah. it, was a direct, it, was, it was the OG direct action mission. Yeah, yeah for sure. That was a, well, the, probably one of the easiest changes that they could do. Oh, now we have five. Job's well done. All right, see you all tomorrow. <laughs> um, so yeah, there. Uh, um, now we can go into these uh, quas creatures and quas zones. Uh, the new flavor of what's what's what does this template do now <laughs> that I have to put on the board? Thanks, Ariadne. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let's be honest, it makes everyone cry because even people with BTS9 are going to roll once. Uh, For those that haven't read, we should probably go over what those uh, the new zones yeah. do. Yeah. Quantum um, anomaly zones. Yeah, would you read that, Jordan? Uh, yeah, just one second. And this is in some missions, like we had before, like we had uh, 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 either uh, the a free uh, a free unit or uh, we had uh, the rule that uh, that that you have to put these templates as terrain features, or uh, or or uh, or this this gun bot that could help you. This is this uh -huh. is fitted in some missions, so you have to like like last yeah. editions have to look. All right, how did supplies change this time? Yeah, I will say if you haven't already followed Dice to grab their little PDF chart that says what each mission has. Uh, it's super handy. I have it printed out for tournaments, so I can just quickly look at it and then yell it out to the rest of the yeah. tournament. What's missing? Um, so, quantum anomaly zones. Before deployment phase, each player must place one circular template. So this time, it's only one. It's not the two like it has been in the past. They can be placed on any surface of the game table that is equal or larger in size than the template, and they must be completely outside of any deployment zones and cannot be overlapped with another quantum anomaly zone. So, uh, change from last season, they can't be overlapped, so no more stacking all of them in one place, but at least there's only two. I can't remember, surface the game table, I believe tops of buildings do count as services of game tables for the purpose, because that's how like, drop troops can land on them, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, continuing the rule, the player that kept deployment must place circular templates first, so that's in line with all the turrets and stuff. If you yeah, keep deploying, yeah. you place yours first. During the game, each of the circular templates is an area of difficult terrain, 0G, and a saturation zone. So that's the same as last season and two seasons before that. So it's difficult terrain, 0G, and saturation. Moreover, any active trooper that declares or performs an order inside of a QZ, a QAZ, must make a saving roll against BTS with a damage of 10, failing to save results in a loss of one point of the wounds or structure attributes. Man, and here I could 
thought I could sling paracommandos uh, closer to my enemy, but now I have to avoid it like the plague, because it is the plague. <laughs> I think it gives a, a nice take on, uh, it changes them up slightly, so you yeah. actually don't want to, you definitely don't want to enter them now. I, I think it's a big difference. I think realistically, in the past, they used to be like, you know, speed bumps, right? You'd, yeah. Oh, no, it'll cost me. I'll need to stop. I'll need to spend extra order. Or, oh, I don't. I just ignore it. So it's terrain. Yeah. Now I think you genuinely avoid them, right? Like, you don't want to pass through them. Even something with high BTS or multiple wounds, you don't want to be rolling because inevitably, you know, you're going to roll that one, right? It, you're going to take damage, and that's never good. Um, and you roll them several times because it's yeah you, you move up to it you touch it you have to stop you take a damage then you move through it you take a damage then you move out of it you take a damage so you take this at least three times well actually i think so when you move up to it and touch it yeah. i don't think you're i don't know if you need to at that time because you're not declaring or performing an order in it at that point because you technically oh. move right to it you aren't in it yet all right and then it's I think it's the next order you'd have to do it. Yeah. Uh, it is it's only active, so you can dodge through them. All right. Uh, so I know there was also some discussion about what is performing an order in it. Does that mean, like, you know, if I declare shoot while inside of it, I do it. But if I can move through it where I start and end outside of it, do I still do it? Do I still take it? My understanding would be you're still performing that order if you're moving through it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I like I kind of like them because I think you need to actually move around them. Anything that makes it so terrain skills matter more is, is good for me. Like now, yeah. I have climbing plus that can just run around the building, run over the building instead of, you know, needing to go through the zone is helpful. I also think now where you put them is more impactful since you can't overlap. Yeah. There's a lot more thinking, right? There, there used to be those zones that could not fit two of them. It could just it could fit like one and a half. Like you could you and your opponent could both put it there to overlap. But now you can actually use yours to maybe block out your opponent from putting theirs in a place you don't want, right? Like if you want to be able to move through a lane going to their deployment zone. Yeah. Uh, without needing to go through the zone. You putting a zone there but leaving enough space for a model to move through, which then would block your opponent from putting this, uh, their template in a zone in that same area, but in a way that would block a, a model moving through. Uh, there's some interesting, like, actual thinking about them now, especially because they can't overlap. Yeah, and it's, yeah, to, yeah, to see where uh, probably that bear would alpha strike your, uh, you, you can put it there because, yeah, the bear, it will hurt the bear because it is BTS zero. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it yeah, you have to be smarter about it. And just being one instead of two is probably also a good choice because if, if it would be two with these rules, then probably the whole mid lane would be filled with these things yeah. and everyone was will be taking BTS 10, uh, 10 hits just to get somewhere. For TO purposes, I think it's good it's that too, right? Yeah. Like It was okay to have four of them on the table when they could overlap because... You know, a lot of tables, you might not have places where you could put four not overlapping. Yeah. You should have two places, right? Like, so so making it so it's just two makes it easier, I think, for TOs and people setting up tables to make sure they can use them. Yeah. 
So yeah, um, yeah. I think all in all, even as an Ariana player, I think it's nice that yeah, you, you have to think about putting a terrain piece that hurts. So you have the choice: either I go the short route and take some hits, or have to go the long way around and maybe have not enough orders to do a thing. So yeah, uh, and, and uh, yeah, this might stop those alpha strikes that I do not like uh, more in the tracks. It gives uh, it gives food for thought. And do we have? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do we have the main that uh, these? Actually, if you give me one second, I can tell you what missions this is on. Let me open the cheat sheet. Yeah. Okay. So, QAZ creatures are in acquisition. They are in countermeasures. Mm -hmm. They are in supplies and. Oh, sorry. This is, we're talking about zones, not creatures. I jumped yeah. These yeah. zones are in capture and protect. So, that's good. You know, making it harder for your opponent to get to your beacon. Yeah. Um, your opponent can't just use a, you know, a lot of times in the past, your opponent would use a fast moving model yeah. that would use the zone to speed themselves up. Now it actually does block them. Uh, decapitation, which again, slowing them getting to your lieutenant's firefight, similar situation. Uh, and frontline. Uh, yeah, they're, so, so could, they're, they're actually in, the, in, in, in a few logical missions. Yeah. Where, exactly. where this, uh, where, yeah, where it, it helps you, yeah, for. Cool. So that's Doesn't QAZ done. Yeah. If there's nothing more, I guess we can move on to QAZ creatures. Yeah. <laughs> I can read the rule again. So yeah. QAZ creatures before deployment phase. So similar again to zones. All the all these things that you deploy are always outside of pre-deployment, um, and it's the person that kept deployment first. first. So before deployment, each player must place a QAZ creature a minimum of eight inches, or in the case of acquisition, four inches uh, outside of the enemy deployment zone. Yeah. So this is anywhere, as long as it's more than eight inches or four inches outside the enemy deployment zone. Player that kept deployment is the first to place the QAZ creature. Each QAZ creature is fixed in place and cannot move. They must be represented by a player A or player B token or by a model or a piece of scenery with the same silhouette. Uh, such as a Sasok creature from Tigray or the Tega creatures. Mm -hmm. The QAZ creatures are deployable weapons uh, that react with close combat attack to any order declared or performed by an enemy model, but not markers within zone of control. Uh, note that it's they do react, they don't have a choice not to react, which we can talk about more and why that's important. QAZ, uh, QAZ creatures guard special skill, so they have guard. Yay. Yeah, not so the close combat in, uh, in their zone of control, yeah. Yep, it does not require line of fire, but the CC attack will become an idol if the path from the QAZ creature to the enemy model is blocked, for example, by an impassable obstacle, which would be a wall of infinite height, a closed door, or a sealed room, or a gap too small for the silhouette template of the QAZ creature to pass through. The CC attack arrow of the QAZ creatures have a burst of three. The, the, the their their path being blocked thing essentially I don't think will ever really come up. I guess it's only if you're playing with sealed rooms with doors that open to close then it means you know if you're inside they won't attack. Yeah. Um, and quickly going through the profile, QAZ creatures have a close combat of eleven. So they're you know, they're burst three CC, but it's not like they're like twenty something. No. Fizz thirteen, arm one, BTS three, one wound, one sil silhouette one. They have that CC attack, uh, burst three. In an arrow, 
they have an AP close combat weapon and that guard no line of fire. And just quickly, the missions that they are in, they're in acquisition, which is good. That means you know you can set it up to help defend those uh, consoles or that big center one in the middle. Yeah. Countermeasures, supplies, and supremacy. Supplies I've played them in. Uh, they can be really obnoxious in supplies because yeah. depending on how to set them up, you can just set them up behind a piece of terrain that's covering two of the supply boxes, and uh, they're fun to deal with. So. What are your two guys' uh, thoughts on QAC features? I, I I just see that this this is a nice thing for 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 converters to go wild on. I I want a little plant from the little shop of horrors and just be there and feed me Seymour. Just just having this 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 fighting uh, uh, man eating plant over there that would be fun. Or just a guard dog for my Merovingians on a on a <laughs> just, just you can make all sorts of fun stuff for this. It makes I me want to use my animated bear traps from Malifo, which is like it's like a bear trap that has like a tentacle that jumps out at. <laughs> I've already found an STL and linked it to you, uh, Raymond, with the uh, little shop of horrors, so you can 3D print out your own little oh, uh, QAC creature. Awesome! Awesome! Thank you. <laughs> Oh, great. Um, I, I like the ideas of these in the QAZ zones uh, since it's changing up the table in interesting ways. Yeah. So it, it's shutting down some, some lanes that your army might want to shut down or something like that. And both of those accomplish that goal. Yeah. Um, so just changing the battlefield um, and is, the QAZ I think, pretty cool. I think they're interesting, right? Like having they're essentially like turrets that only attack with an eight, but being able to just attack from out of line of fire is really cool. They, they, I think for some armies, and depending on terrain, they could be really annoying to deal with. Yeah. Uh, being still at one, you know, they're pretty easy to hide, uh, and the one, like you know, in some ways, the best way to deal with them is, you know because they have to arrow is you might just need to move your own melee guy up into range of them and just try and win that fight. Uh, yeah. With only CP 11, you know, a strong martial arts guy knocking them down to like an eight or something, you know, you have a good chance, but again, burst is always scary. Uh, so I, don't know, I, I think they're interesting. I think, I think the missions they put them in makes them particularly interesting. I think initially a lot of people were thinking, oh, yeah, I can put this like pretty much right up against my enemy's deployment zone. Um, like in Acquisition, you literally can put it, since Acquisition, you only need to be four inches outside deployment zone. Its zone of control can go into the enemy deployment zone. Yeah. But I really think for a lot of those missions, your best bet is actually to help defend those center line of Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I li I like them. I, these these are yeah. I think they're they're more thought through than uh, people would recognize because they're they are put in those missions where they can actually count. Any any new rule that's not really. They they changed the name of Master Breacher to Hazmat Ops, but it does the uh, exact same. And it's just it's call it all Data Tracker already. <laughs> why, why change the name? Turrets are still in, in in a few missions. Yeah. Name Frontline, Power Pack, and Armory. They're the exact same as they were. There are a few missions that got small tweaks here and there. 
Yeah. Um, I know one, you know, I, looting and sabotage being one of them. Well, the... let's, let's go over all the missions from the start. Cause, uh, sure. So to go off with oh. acquisition, um, this is one I... We'll do that intro better. Yeah, let's go through all the uh, missions now and see what small yeah. changes there, uh, there were in them. So acquisition um, has got a quas creature, uh, which is nice for that. Um, I'm still thinking of yeah, there's the hacker bonus, but there's also an engineer bonus. I don't don't I thought it was only hacker, so at least that's a no. It had engineer before. Oh, it has an engineer before. Uh, scratch yeah. that. Um, so yeah, this is an old mission where yeah you score at the end, and that's why I think it's yeah with the new reinforcements uh, rule, this is quite uh, quite awful. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I I've checked the rules beforehand, but yeah, you could you could deploy so so close on things. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I have to I have to head on out. No pro no problem. Uh, me and me and Obi, we got this. <laughs> yeah, take care. Have a good evening, boys. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Acquisition is not the best for reinforcements, considering you can just drop onto that center console end of game. It's it's similar to the old hide a to model the whole time. Yeah, I guess. Difference being is your your opponent will know for sure that it's coming because they know you have your reinforcements. But still, you can pretty much drop. You can't drop touching the point. You can't deploy touching the point, but you just need to deploy such that you can move and touch it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you got some, some multi wound thing and just move in, take a hit, still stand there. Yeah. I think it's uh, uh yeah. I was hoping that this kind of missions would see a not end of game scoring but uh end of round scoring change just so that reinforcements would not be an auto win in this case in this case if you go second thing change for acquisition yeah okay b pong we've already talked about that's yeah. one of the new ones um so we can move on biotech war everyone's favorite yeah um it's also one that the Evo Hacker uh, thing from last season, uh, they kept it. And now it, it still gives this, this, if you take Evo Hacker in Biotech 4, you get an extra order. Yep, which is which is good. But it also means, unless you're one of those lucky people that has, you know, Scylla or a combined army Evo Hackers, Evo Hacker bots are really slow to actually get out of the Biotech 4 yeah. zone and they are pretty much guaranteed to just go down. So it's kind of like you can get an extra order but that thing is probably going to die or you're spending more than that extra order to get it out so uh, I, I see it as the evil hacker just gives two orders in your first turn so other people can leave this is this is just for the evil hacker to be to to take one for the team <laughs> yeah unless you're playing combined army because then your evil bot you know has a gun and is yeah. six four or <laughs> if you're playing phalanx or alif or shock army and have Sila who she can just run her way out with her little bot so yeah. it's it's a nice bonus I yeah. think sometimes it's a trap but yeah and biotech 4 you all go to the middle so uh, to keep safe and now with reinforcements uh, it will really get really crowdy up there <laughs> I think it can be really fun with reinforcements the interesting thing about biotech 4 is you can actually if you really wanted, you can try and make it so that you get your reinforcements on an earlier turn. 
Ah, right? yeah, yeah. Be like, you know what? I lost a lot of guys. I got, I lost a decent number of guys. If I just left this guy behind and he died, well, then I get my reinforcements. Yeah. Um, which actually talking about you know, a similar vein, we didn't really mention it with QAZ zones. You use QAZ zones to uh, knock yourself unconscious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which matters for you know, reinforcements, but also for classified purposes, right? Like, by assuming they still have, you know, the doctor or engineer when your guys type yeah. classified. Still the with the classified I, I, I just, you know, step in and out of the uh, QAZ zone, fall unconscious, <laughs> and then just have the guy right beside him to heal him, right? Like, <laughs> it's similar to the old jumping off a building to yeah. go unconscious. Oh, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling too well on my saves. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and now I cannot do my classified. Dang it. <laughs> my good luck is <laughs> working against me. Okay. okay, so what's that? Okay. So capture and protect. Uh, capture and protect, I believe, has stayed pretty much the same. Uh, it does have those QAZ zones. Yeah. And it still has the hazmat officer, formerly Master Breacher. Um, I think the QAZ zones actually are a big change. I think, you know, it had zones last year, yeah. their last season, but they're the, the zones, I think, for the most part, were more of a speeding you up, because the things that you'd send to grab it usually had terrain skills. Yeah. But now the fact that you can, depending on terrain setup, be able to put up a zone, like, right in front of your thing, so people either have to climb over buildings or risk-taking wounds while they grab your thing in and out, like, now I think the QAZ zones are going to be a lot more impactful. And, you know, Capture and Protect's not a particularly easy mission to high score because getting there back is something tricky. Yeah. Um, I, th I think it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, how those play out. My Sujan is still fine. I, he'll just tank the wound on his way out or in or yeah. climb around. They have enough wounds going around, but uh, I, I think it should be interesting. Yeah, and, and they give the option to make someone a dot tracker or, as we say, as we say now, a hazmat ops uh, to get this COG so you can move faster through yeah. um, this. Um, yeah, and with reinforcements, I think it's also an interesting mission because, li yeah, like we know, this mission, it's, it's hard to get to the other one's deployment zone and take away this beacon and put it in your own deployment zone because it takes a lot of orders to do so uh, and not being killed in the in the in the process um, so I have played this where uh, we just both scored an objective and that was it um, a classified objective and not much else um, but with reinforcements you can at least get close uh, enough uh, uh, to make it more viable to at least uh, score and while you're defending your your beacon you lose a lot of a hundred points and then you can counter with your uh, with your reinforcement group and be closer to to its his beacon so yeah you can really uh, do some nice counter attacks with them steal the beacon so this is this can be an interesting one if you if you I would would definitely put this mission in when I uh, also put reinforcements because this can be this can get interesting. For sure. Okay, next we have countermeasures. Counter yeah. I'm glad they still have. I, I, I do really enjoy this mission. 
Yeah. Uh, do have QAZ creatures in it now. Yep. So that should be, yeah, you know, that'll be, and it has an exclusion zone, which is important for uh, for those drop troops. Yeah. Um, so the QAZ creatures, this mission can already be pretty order intensive, so now being able to put down the QAZ creature, and, and I think here, right, the QAZ creatures, you put you put your QAZ creature protecting your agents. Yeah. So maybe you end up clumping your HVTs a bit more, or maybe if you have troops guarding one of one of them, you have the QAZ creature guarding another two, the other two, or you know, two, or however you want to do it. Having yeah. these annoying little critters to protect your HVTs is kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. And 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 there's the Evo Hacker bonus again. <laughs> to give you some extra orders. Yeah. yeah, and this one, your Evo. It's not going to die from his own, so why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, I always, yeah, always like this mission. Just yeah, and it it depends on what the classified deck will bring. The new one. Yes, that that will have a big impact on this and highly classified yeah. and other missions that are heavy and classified objectives. For sure. Uh, well, speaking of one that has no classified objectives, decapitation. Go murder someone's lieutenant and the designated targets. Mm -hmm. It has a quantum anomaly, anomaly so anomaly, anomaly. <laughs> Whoa, this is very Finding Nemo. <laughs> it has a cross zone. <laughs> yeah, so QAZ zone is kind of nice here. It can help because probably not going to save your HVTs. The, the HVTs usually die pretty easy because they need to be in that middle. Yeah. There's a, the bar, it's a 16-inch deployment zone, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, so it, so yeah. They're, they're up there. They die pretty easy. But you know, your zone might be able to help slow down the approach on, on your LT. Or honestly, maybe even if, even if it just helps provide saturation protection for the HVTs, that can even be big because, you know, those things can sometimes just take way more orders than you'd expect yeah. to die. And, and if you're shooting them now through saturation, uh, that'll that'll make it even more annoying. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. As long as it takes more orders, yeah, then you, you're probably happy. Uh, they end, they will end up dead because yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah. With the 16 inch deployment, you have to put them like 20 inches away at least. And I found with a lot of tables that you maybe have like uh, one decent spot to hide so at least one <laughs> ends up in a place where the, it doesn't take that many orders for your opponent to start shooting at it so having this zone so at least take a, a few more orders uh yeah can be the difference firefight yeah uh, one of i think one of the classics yeah um, it didn't really change it has a qaz um I don't know if there's really too much to talk about when it comes to no, Frostbite. It's, it's, it's still fine. It is a, it is a quad zone. And it does what it says on the tin. Uh, uh, yeah, Annihilation with uh, with more frills <laughs> by killing lieutenants and specialists and uh, yeah, acquiring more penalties. Yeah, uh, it's always a good mission to have uh, during tournaments. I think it's... Uh, uh, I, I mostly use it as a closer um, 
as a, as a third mission, a third mission on a, during a, during a tournament, um, so that people can start just killing each other and doing a bit more than just killing uh, on the side. Um, frostbite. Um, yeah, it's fun that uh, this one makes makes a return again. It has had some changes. I think it's now. The scoring as it is is, is pretty good. Uh, trying to, to get this exclusion zone, but also getting points for heaters. Um, and there's a good there reason to go and destroy heaters. Yeah. There is one change, which is ADS. So that mm -hmm. applies to heater and ADS has gone back to you don't get stunned if you place D-charts. Ah, yeah. So which they originally, if you didn't, then you did, and now we're back to it does not stun you when you place D-charges, because it is specific that it, it does refer to CC attacks and placing D-charges as being separate things, and then it's clear that it only says you only get stunned when it does a CC, you do a CC attack. Yeah. So there's a good reason to bring the to choose who's, who's the Hasmat Ops, because he brings a D-charge, so that means you can kill a thing without getting hit. Yeah. Frontline, this might be the worst mission. In my opinion, this is the worst mission for reinforcements. Yeah. Because it's end of game scoring. Yeah. And it's primarily based on the zone controlling. Mm -hmm. And your troops can, you can literally drop your reinforcements into that middle band, which is a, a good amount of points and a short move away from getting into your enemies. I, I think it's just too much ability to drop and score points. Yeah. Reinforcements. If you go first, you really, really, really have to knock down your opponent to such a degree um, that it doesn't matter that there are 100 points getting in a zone and just taking it. But yeah, that's that's a... Uh, 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 yeah, that's a... That's a Hard walk uphill to uh, to get that done. Yeah, I think realistically, I don't like reinforcements at any of the any any mission where you're scoring points for holding yeah. zone, especially if it's a game. I think it's just from yeah. Zone. I guess That's technically cool. armory, but armory is I guess, I, armory and panic room do have. You know, I guess it's not necessarily fully in the game, but armory is one extra point. It's not as big of a deal. But I, even end of turn, I, I just don't like reinforcements for holding zones because it just feels artificial to drop those points for holding zones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like in regular games, frontline is, I think, fine. Uh, it has an emphasis on on the, on the second player having an advantage of yeah. Being able to see where he, where he needs to put his models down to uh, to score uh, to maximum effect. But then on the other hand, yeah, uh, your opponent who off strikes could uh, potentially damage you so that you cannot do that in the second turn. But with reinforcements, yeah, you don't have it. You just don't stand a chance to hit those units. You could deploy and say game over. That's. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you if you're putting in frontline when you have reinforcements, you're doing it wrong. It's just yeah, it's 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 now to win. Um, other than that, the changes. Uh, it has a turret. It has a quad zone. Um, 
being changed that yeah. much. Yeah, and yeah, it has four classified objectives, which is also meaningful because we get a new classified deck. Uh, yep, yeah. We'll see how that affects. And I think it's important. It'll be interesting to see how the classified deck changes. This is the mission also where you're trying to kill specialists. Yeah. There's always the question of, you know, there's enough classifieds in the classified deck currently that it's you know, depending on how many missions you're playing and you know what mm. faction. There is some validity to saying I'm not going to bring any specialists and I'm just going to pull card. I'm just going to you know hope to get the pretty much half the deck where you don't need specialists and yeah. just build both those. Um, or you know I'll bring one specialist and they're just like a hidden deployment specialist that I'll just keep hitting the whole game and maybe pop that into a classified at the end of the game when they're safe. But yeah. It just, uh, yeah, but it depends on what the classified deck will offer this time. Yeah. Like the first the iteration, you needed all the specialists, and this one you didn't need to as much because there were missions without needing classifieds without needing a specialist per se. Um, maybe they go in a whole different direction, but we don't know as of now. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of. <laughs> Highly classified. <laughs> I still don't like this mission, but that's just me. I, I just I just prefer countermeasures over highly classified. I don't think it's really changed. Um, no, it has changed really at all. Uh, it, this is a mission that has joint command, uh, mm -hmm. which is, is actually a bone, an extra thing that we haven't talked about yet. Joint command is you get an extra command token. Ah. Which is simple. Hey, I mean, some some people might start with six command tokens. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Which you can immediately then spend on regular orders. Yeah. Um, I, I've never been a big fan of this mission, to be honest. Um, I've always much preferred the rotating objectives and countermeasures. And, and really, it's just because I find this mission can punish more if you get a bad drawing of cards. Um, yeah. you know, like... You, you could be playing highly classified, and if you're playing Ariadna against someone else, sure, you know, you're playing this, you bring a hacker, but you could draw three hacking missions. Your opponent kills your one hacker, like, and you're just, you're just done. Whereas countermeasures, because there's that rotating deck, like, okay, whatever, bad draw, maybe the first round, but I can, you know, sub one out for a non-hacking, like a, a new card and all that. So, yeah, that, I've never been a big fan of highly classified yeah. for that. Yeah, there's a reason we had on the IGL a classy high hesified uh, to give it some changes that made it more interesting. Um, uh, but I also seen uh, uh, I've I've been to events where uh, either they draw for the whole, uh, so they draw four cards uh, for uh, all the att attendants, so that they already know uh, what kind of missions they have before they uh, even uh, and they did they give a notice before the um, uh, before the tournament even begins that they know these are the four missions that we were using for highly classified and you only need to draw your second one a secondary one so that you could make a list preparing for whatever uh, uh, comes so you there's there's ways to make this as an organizer to uh, make it a fairer deal for anyone involved yeah my, my thought is at that point you're Making so many changes to the mission, you know, it's finally has to me as it's a different mission. Yeah. Like, um, I I I I, I, play I do enjoy that variant of it, 
Yeah. Um, the only thing with that mission is I find dire. I feel like it just ends up being the same pool of missions a lot of the time. Like yeah. this, there are clearly easier missions, or there's missions that you accomplish while already doing stuff you already wanted to do in the game. Yeah, you know, like telemetry, right? Like yeah. If, if if you're playing a faction that doesn't mind guided missiles or has some hackers or there's like. Telemetry doesn't cost you anything because, oh, cool, you're spotlighting, but that's still helping you in the game. Whereas other missions, they're like, you know, do this thing to an HBT. Probably, if I'm going to choose yeah, playing, yeah. I'm probably not going to do that. So that's, that's not also accomplishing the game. They're helping support the game. So. Depends on what kind of uh, classifieds you have to still have to do while when you drop in with your troops. Well, and I, th I think that's actually I kind of like it because yeah. it prevents you from doing one of my issues with highly classified, which is if you're playing a, a, a list that or a faction that doesn't necessarily have a lot of a certain specialist, mm -hmm. um, what it lets you do is okay, I'll have a, a backup of that type of specialist in my reinforcements pool. Yeah. So if I, you know, Oh, I need a forward observer for this mission. Okay, I have one forward observer on the table, but I know that you know by the end of the game I can always drop in a forward observer. To yeah, yeah, yeah. For if he dies or if my 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 opponent goes out hunting for the specialist that can do these missions, uh, at least get yeah, some in which, one in reserve. Yeah, which is is what I used to do in this mission. Was oh cool, what specialists does my opponent need to the mission? Oh, he only has. Does he only have one for some of these things? Cool. Let's just go and kill those guys. Yeah, that's why I find highly classified uh, it's, uh, interesting because it's uh, you have to tweak your list around it to, or 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 you decide not to and just be a killer, or you bring all all the specialists and and veterans and all the types so you could lose at least do anything that comes your way. Um, looting and sabotage because last launch we already went over. Also one that's probably more <laughs> interesting with reinforcements because you have to go to the opponent's deployment zone. So this yeah, is a... it's a good mission. I, I, I have issues with looting and sabotage. Uh, there are some changes. So there was the ADS change we already talked about. Yeah. Uh, they kept, they didn't get rid of, luckily. They kept the, you can take decharges out of panoplies. Now yeah. it's not even specialist locked. I can't remember. If no, everyone, was... every, yeah, because it started out everyone... as a specialist, but now everyone can just... Choose. Yeah. And now the AC2's armor went down and it went to uh, armor 6 BTS 6, which makes it significantly easier to kill, yeah. especially since people can now just, anyone can grab a D charge and place it on. Yeah. Uh, which is nice because sometimes, you know, there were times where it seemed hard to kill. Yeah. And some armies were better than others, but. Um, I think they've made it now maybe too easy to kill. <laughs> but they also—I um, don't know—they also I specifically made it that you can see that it can be repaired because it has a gizmo kit, physic of nine. It's true. It does not have remote presence, yeah. and this when it goes to zero, it gets removed from yeah. the table. So it is risky to try and heal it. But the, the being able to easily place day charges have pretty much infinite supply of guys with day charges and. The going to arm six is a big deal. That yeah. extra two armor, uh, I you know, my having played it a bit for a tournament recently, you really feel that difference. Like it used to be 
someone that didn't have AP on their anti-material would just bounce their head off of it. Yeah. A lot of them. But arm six is a lot more deal able to be dealt with, especially when you're you know making make multiple saves. So I, I the issue is a lot of time I feel like the mission now comes down to uh, who can pull more more things from the box and uh, classifieds. Yeah. So it's you know it's more of a okay benchmark. Make sure you've killed the thing. Okay. Now do the actual game, which is can you get more boxes? And yeah. you can just be grabbing D charges to blow it up anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a lot of games ending in well. There's this one successful run that you can do to hit it, and the other one also gets to pull off one successful run to hit it, and whoever rolls best on that hit wins the game. Uh, but now, yeah, it's yeah, arm six. Yeah, it's probably fairer. Yeah, I, I I've tried to yeah to hit it with other stuff than AP, and then you have a hard time getting wounds off of it. Uh, even if you get, I, I I hit it with the T two. Uh, well, it will take two wounds, but if you cannot go past the armor age, it won't happen anyway. So yeah, you have a, hard, uh, a better chance with weapons that aren't AP. Yeah, good changes all out. Yeah, I also yeah, like I said, I think this is a fun mission for reinforcements because you drop close and you can have another go instead of that one one time that you can go across. Uh, you might have a second time with uh, with the five guys that uh, come and reinforce your uh, your force. Um, mind wipe, yeah, this is one also for reinforcements. It's already in your opponent's DZ, so I think this is also fine for reinforcements to uh, make another go at uh, at the rogue AI. This is also yeah. a game that uh, that has ended for me. I don't know as well for yeah, we both pushed. The button in the middle, uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I like this one. I've always liked it. I, you're trying to get to the other side is nice. I think yeah. it's good for reinforcements. Uh, same ADS change, right? No, no, there's no ADS on these. No. Um, I do like it for reinforcements because it means that okay, your opponent pressed one of the sides, the one button, and maybe you didn't have guys on the field that can get to the other one you can be pretty much guaranteed to be able to drop and at least press that center button because your reinforcement will have at least a specialist. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's still a good mission to have. Uh, yeah, uh, I think also soldiers for reinforcements. Um, then the next one is Panic Room. I think this is one is far more doable with reinforcements. I like Panic Room. I think it's a more interesting armory mission. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a more reasonable biotech for yeah for sure yeah yeah you can at least place units that, that uh, you do not have to run from the from the get-go out of a zone you could place a few guys that could at least uh stay there for until the second round to start running mm -hmm. by that time you're probably already uh going for the panic room because yeah you want to score each round or else <laughs> You do have the Evo bonus here, yeah, which is nice. And unlike Biotech Four, you can just put your Evo hacker touching like one of the safety beacons, pretty much. Yeah, uh, those orders more reasonably. Yeah, those safety beacons, and it means yeah, yeah, it means the rules for, especially against Biotech Four. Just some units you just don't want to move because they want you want them to give orders. Well, these can stay with the antenna, 
and be merry while uh, the rest is trying to get into that panic room. Uh-huh. And this is especially a nice one with reinforcements because you cannot drop into the armory uh, from the get-go. So you, you're you not like, ah, oh, I can score at the end. You still have to make moves to get in and uh, survive with, uh, what, uh, what comes your way. Um, and yeah... If you uh, yeah and 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 yeah you do not score at the end of the round for all the points, so yeah, at least gives you a yeah it's 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 more tweaked towards reinforcements in that way. Power pack, always love this one, especially if you are a TO that you make sure that you <laughs> you have enough terrain on the sides. Yes, <laughs> yeah. If you're TOing and you have this mission in your lineup, make sure to think about it because those corner zones can often be very sparse yeah. but don't but it's so much that then the normal deployment doesn't so yeah you have to make the right balance um yeah, yeah this one got uh, joint command so an extra extra command token which you can spend to your leisure um other than that it's uh more or less the same i believe mm-hmm. yeah which I believe is the same for supplies. Yeah. Uh, supplies changed. The biggest thing here is those QAZ creatures to help defend those supply boxes. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of reinforcements, it's not a bad mission for reinforcements because it kind of helps you chase down those boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's 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 not a it's not a terrible one for it's not one that you wouldn't want to play reinforcements on. No, for sure. Same goes for power pack. I think it's also fun for. Uh... Well, yeah, you, you have to, yeah, there there are these consoles that you need to cover, but you're mostly going for the middle, so, and you still have to roll whip rolls to, uh, to score uh, those uh, activating antennas. Um, so power pack, I also think, works well with, with reinforcements. Even though you could, yeah, to go second is still very handy, especially with activation, but you still have to do it. And be able to uh, uh, and 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 take those those consoles where you need to run off to. Yeah, supplies. Yeah, you can you have a second go at. Yeah, I've, I've played those games where someone took the first turn and just run off with all the supply boxes. Oh uh, well, that's that's my technique. I, yeah. I was you know I was playing Starmada recently, but my supplies, Starmada is if I go first, I'm going to smoke out those objectives. I'm going to. Have the robot and Oko grab two of them. The second robot grab the other, and then they all just run back and hide <laughs> on top of the building. Uh, you know, your reinforcements might help you actually be able to dig them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually have have a chance of sorts. Um, what's next? Supremacy. Um, I don't think this hasn't really changed either. No. It has QAT creatures. Really interesting. Supremacy yeah. apparently has creatures, so. If you want to protect a quadrant, I guess. Uh, this is probably the one where QAZ creatures are least impactful. Yeah. Uh, it's same old. I, I've always liked Supremacy because it's end of, end of turn scoring. Plus, there's those buttons to press. But the buttons aren't flipped back and forth, which no. means it can like, it, it actually can feel good if you have time in the first couple turns to actually press the buttons. So that's out of your mind. Whereas when they flip back... When they flip back and forth, you don't want to necessarily do that because you flip them and your opponent just flips them back. Yeah. So, um, it's a solid mission. It's not it's not ideal for reinforcements. I've already said I don't like 
zone control missions with reinforcements, but it is end of turn scoring, so it's not like your reinforcements are going to drop in end of game going second and just win you the game or win you yeah. a ton of points. Okay, what's up next? Are the armory? Uh, yeah. This is a, I always liked it. The classic objective room mission hasn't really changed. Uh, you still get a defensive turret, same as last year. Yeah, Evo hacker bonus. Evo hackers bonus, which is nice. This isn't a super order intensive mission, uh, but it's always fun. I always like building the room, and I I love any mission that has panoplies because I like just grabbing random stuff. Panoplies. Uh, last time I played this mission, my Raptors Raptor bot, like his his synced bot. Uh, pulled an HMG out of the box <laughs> and went on to double crit an Amor and kill it and then crit and hit twice on a TR bot and kill it. The little Raptor bot ended up just doing most of the work. It was pretty great. So, One of my are... uh, most uh, horrible losses where I just where most of my guys just died in my active turn because my opponent Quarky Mods just grabbed uh, with his Boktar armor plus four out of the box and just uh-huh. became armor seven and would not die to save my life. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, that's always fine. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really too much to say about armory other than that. Um, no, it has an exclusion zone, so yeah, it's also fair for reinforcements because. Yeah, they, they cannot drop into the room. Uh, it scores per round. Uh, so. And finally, last mission. Uh, Unmasking. Un- yeah. Which was removed and luckily came back. I think it was a mistake that they removed it. I'm glad they brought it back. Yeah, it's one of the most. Yeah, probably next to supplies and firefight, one of the most uh, used uh, played uh, missions, I think, in the whole of ITS. The, the 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 system works well. Like you, you can either go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you start killing, finding and killing uh, targets, uh, those points will not be taken away. So you can do it on any turn um, that you're playing. You don't have to. The, the end of end of game scoring is only for yeah, mostly the the activated consoles. Yeah, I think this is a fun one. Like, yeah. Nothing really changed. Like, the Biggest change is those auto dro- the dropping troops dropping in automatically touching the exclusion zone edge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and now you can just drop those troops right behind those HVTs. Now yeah. you'll want to do it before you activate the console to reveal them. So, because th- the HVTs, once they've been revealed, now they start reacting and stun pistoling you. <laughs> but if, let's say, you're about to press a button, you can drop your troop, just staring at the HVT, reveal it, and then shoot it. Yeah. Um, but you will want to make sure you do it in that order. Cool. Yeah. So this is the new missions. I'm sure we'll have another episode to discuss. Yeah, because if, if, if we're going to go into and try, uh, yeah, resilience operations, it just depends on what the deck will bring. So we will cover that uh, on another uh, another episode. So, yeah, listeners, um, uh, that's that's the whole of ITS-15. Um, the things that were, were interesting to us, uh, all in all, yeah. We we like what we see. We have, yeah, and we we tell told you what we didn't like. <laughs> so uh, yeah, from us, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time.